Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Famula One. I'm your host, Jamie. Uh, it's just me this week. Just me, your boy. Um, we haven't done this before, I don't believe. Just just us chit-chatting. Just me and you. I love it. Um, I hope you had a lovely, lovely week. Formula One is finally back. It's finally race week. Uh, Zandvoort this week. We've already had a couple practice sessions. Which FB2 did not end super great. Um, if I'm the one breaking this news to you, I'm very sorry. But Daniel Ricardo hit the barriers in FP2 and resulted in either a broken hand or a broken wrist. I'm not quite sure. I've seen both, which is horrific for so many reasons um hopefully he can make it back soon and at least get some races in this season um but they have already announced that liam lawson will be taking that drive so this is liam lawson's first f1 race weekend um we'll see how he does he's you know really he's come up a lot as an option for them to take for a seat. So, uh, you know, we will see, um, maybe we can make lemons into lemonade with this situation, but really, really unfortunate, really sad. Hopefully Daniel gets well soon. Um, but for today's episode, we are not talking about Daniel Ricardo's wrist. Um, you might be wondering if you're watching, though, why I have this lovely collage in the frame with me. Um, and that is because today we are discussing Brosades, the history of Brosades. It is finally time to discuss. So sources for today are ESPN, um, Formula What on Tumblr. Uh, News Italy 24, sportsillustrated.com, and indiestar.com. So let's just jump right into it. Um, so as the background for Brosades, Brosades is uh, Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion. I'm sure we all know him. And uh, Nico Rosberg, one-time world champion. I'm sure we also all know him. Um, but our story takes us back to 2000. That's where we'll start the, the story. And at this point, um, they are in karting, teammates together on Mercedes-Benz McLaren in Formula A. And something that I think is, it's not necessarily, doesn't really matter too much, but I think it's interesting context is that these two were best friends growing up. Um, but they came from very different backgrounds. So Nico Rosberg grew up in Monaco, incredibly privileged um, son of a Formula One world champion, KK Rosberg. And Lewis is from Stevenage in the United Kingdom. And his dad had to work multiple jobs to support his karting career. Um, so just very, very different upbringings. But they were incredibly good friends, incredibly close. And as teammates in karting, they were always competing, um, but it was sort of friendly, it sounds like. Um, Robert Kubica, also an F1 driver, at one point said, um, there was always competition, but they didn't fight it. It was friendly competition. 
There was always laughing afterwards. They would even have races to eat pizza. So competitive from the start. Um, and many times, you know, they talk through the years about how during this time in, in karting, they would always imagine what it would be like to get to F1 and, and what things would be like and if they could be teammates and they could win world championships together. Um, and that dream does come true just a few years later. Uh, Nico joins Formula One in 2006 and then Lewis joins Formula One in 2007. Lewis joins with McLaren. Another story we'd already talked about, uh, history of McLaren. What a year to join McLaren in 2007. Um, but in 2008, just a couple years after they have joined Formula One, respectively, Nico gets his first ever podium. Um, Lewis wins that race. He also went on to win the Drivers' Championship that season. Um, and they're seen hugging and jumping in the cool down room. You know, it's just these two best friends that have realized their dreams together. Um, very famous clip. We can post it on socials. But um, then a quick jump from 2008 to 2013. In 2013, Lewis and Nico are now teammates at Mercedes. Um, after Lewis has replaced um, Michael Schumacher, who retired. So the start of all of this is the Malaysian Grand Prix in 2013. Now, this Mercedes bro element has been sort of glazed over a lot when we talk about this race, because this is the race of the infamous multi-21 incident, which is Red Bull, Sebastian Vettel, Mark Webber, um, Sebastian Vettel of ignores team orders and overtakes Mark Webber to win the race. Very, very famous, chaotic. We can talk about that at another point too. That's Mark Webber and Sebastian Vettel is another fun one. Um, but during this same race, Mercedes also had team orders and Lewis was in third, Nico was in fourth and Nico was faster, but Mercedes team orders were to hold position and not they didn't allow Nico to overtake. Um, they, this was like an odd one. Lewis questioned the team orders. He was like, Nico's faster. Why, why am I, why isn't he overtaking me? Um, and he even later said that the podium actually belonged to Nico that Lewis got. Um, again, no real coverage on this too much because of the chaos that was multi-21, <laughs> um, but just kind of setting the scene. Then we jump to 2014. 2014, important context, is the start of the turbo hybrid era. And this is when Mercedes becomes like Mercedes, capital M. Um, they're unstoppable at this point is what I'm trying to say. Um, winning all the time in this era. And this is when things heat up. This is, this is when things start cooking, you know? Um, the first kind of flare is Bahrain and they have some wheel to wheel fighting, um, but there's no contact and Nico ends up winning the race. Um, it all seems pretty lighthearted at first. They have this like fake fight in Park Ferme and everyone's talking about how it reminds um, everybody of the 
them during their carding days and how, again, everything was a competition, all of that stuff, until it emerges that Nico used engine modes banned by Mercedes to give himself a power advantage over Lewis in the closing laps. And this kind of is like, oh, okay, this is how this is going to go. Then we get to Spain. Um, and again, we're still in 2014. Um, and Lewis really narrowly beats Nico um, by about like six tenths, maybe. Um, and Nico says if he had one more lap that he could have beat Lewis. And this is all, again, well and good until... Spain ends and it comes out that Lewis used the same band engine modes that Nico had used in Bahrain to beat him in Spain. And this is like the gloves are off now, as Will Buxton would say, the gloves are off between those two. <laughs> um, and then we get to Monaco. Monaco is this is a contested one, depends who you ask, but most people think that this is what happened. We're in qualifying, we're in the end stages of Q3. Nico is on provisional pole. He makes this odd quote unquote mistake and ends up running deep and parks the car at Mirabeau. This sets off a yellow flag Lewis can't then complete his qualifying, his fast lap, and Nico gets pulled. The stewards investigated and did not find any wrongdoing by Nico, but Lewis is now just like convinced. He's like, you did that on purpose. And a lot of other people are convinced. I mean, if you look at the video, it doesn't seem like he didn't do it on purpose is what I'm going to say. It's a little bit fishy. It's a little bit fishy. But we move on um, into Budapest. At this point now, um, Nico is leading by 14 points in the championship. Lewis is in second. Lewis has this like horrific quali. His engine fails, all this stuff. So he's starting last on the grid. Nico gets pole. Um, Lewis still mad about this whole Monaco qualifying thing and having had fought his way up the field, refuses to let Nico buy, even though it was team orders. They were on different strategies. Mercedes engineers were like, let Nico buy. He, he's going to have to pit, blah, blah, blah. Lewis refuses to let him do that. Um, and Lewis finishes on the podium and they head into summer break with a very, very, very upset Nico Rosberg. <laughs> this comes to a head for the 2014 season. It carries on, but it comes to a head for the 2014 season at Spa, where Nico attempts to overtake on, around the outside of Lecomps, and the move leads to contact. Um, Nico hits Lewis. Lewis gets a puncture, knocks him out of the race. Nico goes on to finish. He's able to finish the race. He finishes second. Um, but it emerges that he did this to, quote, like, prove a point um, in saying that he's not going to back down from Lewis. And people were not happy about this action. 
and he got booed on the podium. Imagine. I don't think I personally, I don't think I'd ever recover. If I got a podium and they booed me, you'd never see me again. <laughs> I'd be gone. I, oh, yikes. Um, but to wrap up 2014, after Spa, the season heavily swings in Lewis's favor. He wins um, six of the remaining seven races and takes his second driver's championship. Congratulations, Lewis. And then now we're in 2015. So China, 2015, Lewis, Nico, one, two, first and second, very classic race result of the era. Mercedes wins everything at this time. Sort of like how Red Bull wins everything now. You know, it's crazy. History repeats itself. Um, and Nico accuses Lewis of backing him up into Sebastian Vettel, who was in third. Um, Lewis denies this and basically says, it's not my job to manage Nico's race. Which I guess is valid, unless you were actually backing him up to try to get Seb to overtake him. You know, a lot of this is like, there's like a certain level of plausible deniability where I'm like, yeah, this is strategic though. Um, anyway, though, moving on. 2015, Coda, Austin, Grand Prix. Um, Hamilton very aggressively forces Nico Rosberg wide at turn one to take the lead from him. Nico is on pole. And while Nico is able to regain the lead throughout the race, in the final few laps, he makes a mistake into turn 12 that runs him wide and Lewis retakes the lead. Lewis ends up winning the race and Nico is pissed about this turn one incident. It was a very aggressive forcing wide, very aggressive. Um, and this is where we get the famous hat throwing clip. They are in the cool down room after the race. Lewis has just won. Nico second pissed about this turn one incident. Lewis comes in, puts his podium hat on, throws the other hat over to Nico who's sitting down. Nico picks the hat up, throws it back at him. And Lewis just kind of looks at him. Tensions are rising, my friends. Tensions. I mean, they're boiling probably at this point. Crazy. But um, Lewis, after this, throughout the season, he then claims his third World Drivers' Championship. He is victorious once again. Which brings us to 2016. Um, so after Austin 2015, with the hat throwing and all of that, Nico goes on a seven-race win streak. So he wins the last three races of the 2015 season and the first four races of the 2016 season. He's leading the championship by 43 points, but at the Spain Grand Prix, Lewis takes pole. Um, Nico is able to beat him out at lap one, but he'd made some engine mode, like setting error on the formation lap. So... This makes him around 17 miles or kilometers, this is Europe, um, per hour slower than Lewis. 
So by turn three, coming out of turn three, Lewis goes to overtake him. Nico closes the door, forces Lewis onto the grass. Lewis gets spins out of control, takes him and Nico out of the race, lap one. This is another famous clip. There are so many famous clips from this because this is crazy. They're both out, lap one. Chaos ensues. We move on to Austria. They repeat the same thing, sort of, but this is on the last lap, not the first lap. Um, so this time Lewis is moving on the outside of Nico as they're approaching a corner. As Lewis turns in to turn around the corner, Nico goes straight, um, causing a collision and damaging his own front wing. Um, they do finish the race this time. The, the doing the same thing, I meant like hitting each other. Um, but Lewis wins the race and Nico ends up fourth, um, with the front wing damage. So Nico also gets two penalty points for quote, not allowing racing room because he drove straight while there, there was a turn. And most importantly, Toto freaks out on them. He's so mad. He threatens team orders. He's like, you, we won't let you race anymore, basically. If you keep doing this, we will just have team orders and you'll have to keep a gap and whatever. And this makes me think, imagine how terrifying having total wolf yell at you is. Uh, that scary. We, we've all seen the clips of him angry with the headphone smashing. That is, a, that is not someone you want on your bad side, for sure. Um, but the season moves on. It's pretty close between Lewis and Nico, and it comes down to the final race at Abu Dhabi. Nico is leading, but not by much um, in the championship. Final laps of the race, Lewis is leading in the race. He gets team orders from his race engineer and from the technical director, but he ignores those, deliberately slows down, trying to back the entire grid or Nico back up into the entire grid, hoping that enough cars will overtake Nico so that there's enough of a gap in the points that Lewis wins the championship. This is unsuccessful. Um, Nico does end up finishing the race second and winning his first and only world drivers championship in 2016. He then immediately surprise announces he's retiring, which what a move. What a power move. Um, and when asked about it, Lewis says, this is the first time he's won in 18 years, hence why it was not a surprise that he decided to stop. Ah! <laughs> Whoa. He went on to say, like, nicer stuff. But, oh, my gosh. Mean. Anyway, that's, I guess, you know, that's kind of where the story ends, right? Nico retires from driving. He's now a commentator for Sky Sports. Um, so they are around each other a good amount, but they don't really publicly interact. But outside of like, sometimes Nico interviews him. So, but what we do know, because Nico loves a chit chat, loves to talk, loves to gab. I mean, same. So 
Nico Rosberg, if you want to come on this podcast, I would love to have you. Um, but what we know is that they are still not friends. This like beautiful childhood friendship where they grew up together, carding, destroyed, still not friends. Um, but they do live in the same building in Monaco. <laughs> Um, one time Nico was like, yeah, I saw him on the elevator this morning. It's like, that must be awkward. And that's really all the information we had up until the Hungarian Grand Prix this year where Lewis got pole. And then Nico said, he's still my best friend at heart. Are you kidding me? I'm crying. I'm like, oh, that makes me want to cry. Oh, I hope they can reconcile. I'm not sure if they ever will, but maybe when Lewis retires and things are just, you know, bygones be bygones type of thing. But yeah, that is the story of Brosades. I hope you enjoyed. Um, we do have several items for Dirty Air this week, though. Um, Max going to jail? Question mark. Um, if you haven't heard this about this rumor, basically there's a Max or somebody released a video of Max driving his Aston Martin Valkyrie, which is this like crazy wild supercar um, around. I think he was in Monaco. And then it comes out that like the video was like sent to the police or the police found it. And because he was speeding, driving one handed in the left lane and something else about having like headphones on or something, he's being investigated, allegedly. Um, and then obviously the, the jail thing was just because social media took it and ran with it because it's kind of funny. Um, I, he's, not, I, I, he's not going to jail. I think the most he'll get is like a fine. But yeah, crazy. One video of him trying to show off his fancy, fancy car. And now the police have come out and said that that they will not stand for it. It's also interesting because they must take speeding super seriously because he was not speeding that much. It was like, I, I don't know it in kilometers per hour, but I feel like it was like the speed limit on the road was like 65 miles per hour and he was going like 80, which is I in America that I feel like that's not that bad especially in a car like that with an F1 driver. I don't know. And the driving one handed thing, crazy, but that's apparently against the law. Wild. I also think that the information on this has gotten very convoluted. So I don't know if the driving with one handed thing is actually part of the investigation. It's kind of hard to find a primary source. Twitter has really taken it and ran with it. So <laughs> I recommend you go take a look at the memes. They're great. Um, but the other thing for Dirty Air this week involves Mr. Alex Pillow. McLaren, Formula One reserve driver, current IndyCar driver, current leader in the IndyCar championship. And this is a almost full year long saga with many different elements to it. Um, so quick synopsis of, of what has happened so far, and then we'll go through what's going on right now. Um, last year, 
Chip Ganassi Racing, which is the team that Alex Pillow was driving for with IndyCar um, in 2022, announces via press release that they have picked up an option to retain Alex Pillow for the 2023 IndyCar season. It's like a term in his contract that they could pick up an option for another year. Alex Pillow sees this and goes, no, 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 I am not driving for Chip Ganassi Racing next year. Does this sound familiar? It's very, very similar to the Oscar Piastri, Alpine, McLaren situation. Similar in the way of the order of things happening, not similar in the way of like contracts and like that type of thing. But I digress. Then after Alex Polo says, no, I'm not driving for Chip Ganassi Racing, McLaren releases a statement and says, Alex Polo is driving for us but we're not going to tell you what series he's driving in Uh, because general, it was the general McLaren account. And so they never specified if it was IndyCar, Formula E, Formula One, like nothing. Um, Obviously we knew, I think we knew at that point that it wouldn't have been Formula One because I believe that came out. I don't know. The timelines are crazy. Um, But I believe, you know, everyone kind of ruled out that it was not Formula One assumed that it was for their IndyCar team, but it was never confirmed. Chip Ganassi takes Alex Pillow to court. Court sides with Chip Ganassi Racing. Alex Pillow remains with Chip Ganassi Racing for this year's IndyCar season. But it is widely believed, if not all but confirmed, that Alex Pillow would then move to McLaren IndyCar, era McLaren IndyCar team, for the 2024 season. This was all up until like a couple weeks ago, Zach Brown sends out a memo to his team saying, Alex Pillow is not honoring our contract and I'm very sad about it. This sets off this chain of events of, whoa, so there was a contract and Alex Pillow is not going to be driving for Aaron McLaren IndyCar team. So where is he going to be driving? Is he going to F1? Is he going to extend with Chip Ganassi Racing? Like, what's going on here? We still don't know that part. We don't, we we can assume he's probably going to stay at Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, You know, just looking at the the silly season seats, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, probably won't be coming to Formula One. Um, But this, you know, all this speculation, whatever. Then... It's released this week that McLaren is suing Alex Pillow and his racing entity, which is, I think it's called ALPA Racing, um, for 20 to $30 million. What? Essentially, that's an estimated number. We don't actually know if that's exactly how much it is, but that is what people are reporting. So I am taking it as... Fact, it's like multiple sources. It's fine, um, but they are suing him for one the money that they allegedly paid him as an advance for his 2024 IndyCar driver salary, and then in the second part for the money that they allegedly spent to develop his driving and develop him into a quote F1 driver. 
So this will be interesting. We will see how this goes. Um, yeah, Alex Pallone contracts is chaos. I am very curious to see what happens next. My guess is he resigns with Chip Ganassi Racing. Um, that could mean several things for his F1 future because going from McLaren, that obviously has very strong ties to an F1 team. I mean, they're under the same company to Chip Ganassi Racing, who doesn't really, if at all, have ties to anything really in F1. You know, we'll see. But if the priorities have changed and the priority is to stay in IndyCar, you know, that changes decisions. So I don't know. I will keep you updated on this Alex Below situation. It's very, very chaotic and interesting. Um, but that is all I have for you. That's the Brosadies story. That's a little bit of dirty air. I hope you have a lovely weekend. I hope you enjoy Zanvort. And I'll talk to you next week.